0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups, son of a. B- but don't be afraid. <laughs> That's why we give you weekend fantasy update. Woo-hoo! Here are your hosts: Joe Galina, Frank Stamfoll, and Mike Florio. Welcome to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Joe Galena. I'm here with Frank Stanford, Mike Florio is with us as well. Pete Considore producing the show for us. And uh, how's it going, guys? Joey. Yeah. What's up? Hey, that's, that's my Frankie Cheech that I want to hear. What's going on, man? Uh, I'm a little sad. I've been meaning to ask you. Yeah. What is
1: Frankie Cheech? <laughs> hey, <laughs> you don't, you don't ask. I
0: I used to work with a guy in an office setting, and he just used to call him. Everybody used to call him Cheech. A guy, and his real name was Frank. So I'm just just throwing it out there. Just kind like of it. fun little. I, you know, I, I, no, no, yeah.
2: no. I, I don't dislike it. I yeah, just yeah. I just wanted to know. It's kind of it, like it, a, a
0: nickname in the Italian. Uh, you know. So like, would you Italians, be Joey I Cheech? I could be, I guess. But you're the boss. You're the Don. So. We can't
1: call you Cheech. He's uh, Joey Corleone. That's what we'll call I'm him. A living legend. Yeah, goes. the living legend. <laughs> you Frankie go, Cheech. There it's you not go, a name. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. So what's
0: up? Not much, man. How are you guys? I tell you, I, I'm a little sad. I just got some news that an icon from my childhood passed away. You guys know who Adam West is? The Batman. Bat- oh, yeah. wow. Really? Yeah. He passed away? Yeah, 88 oh, years old. God the damn. Dark Knight. I wonder how Matt Harvey's taking this. Probably better than he took the star last night. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, actually, you know, now I kind of regret when I was at Comic Con a few years back. Him and Burt Ward, the guy who played Robin, yep. they were, uh, you could take a picture with them and get it. Yep. But it was like two or three hundred bucks. Yeah, I it just was did, wild. Yeah.
1: I walked past him too at Comic Con. Yeah. I, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing him. But
0: yeah, yeah and that's you guys were at the same yeah. Comic Con. Yeah And you didn't even
2: know each
1: other
0: uh, I got Comic Con stories We probably walked past each other And uh, we didn't even know Joe in? was probably whacking people And he probably <laughs> thought It was part of the The show or You're whatever you going this year right we'll, Yeah I'll, I'll see you there So, uh, so what do we got uh, For uh, our listeners What are we doing today A little fantasy baseball A little Dallas Keuchel action Sadly. Uh, some wave, waiver wire uh, moves, right? And, and then later on, we're going to be uh, doing a fantasy football mock draft amongst ourselves. A three-man no? mock. There you go. There you go. Everyone's
1: diving into football, man. Never too You terribly.
0: have to. I think it's like 87, 88 days before the start of uh, the NFL season. Amazing, right?
2: It'll be here before you know it. Yeah, yeah. and we'll be talking about it, but nothing but football
0: soon enough, mm-hmm. so... I don't want to forget about baseball. No, no, no. But... Uh, Yeah, we definitely will be diving into some football action. Uh, You were talking about Matt Harvey, a little bit of a a rough rough patch for him? I mean, he went five scoreless innings, Mm -hmm. but... Probably his
1: best start of the year, right? Second.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He would like to see him be able to go longer. I have a lot of frustrations towards this team right now, though. Mm -hmm. Well, we're gonna talk about. We have lots
0: to talk about with the. Can we get a Florio monologue? No, 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 (laughs) a
2: Mets monologue. I'll just say I've never would have thought I'd
0: be this pissed off. Maybe we'll kick off with some Mets. Yeah, maybe we'll kick off with some Mets talk when we come back. We'll be right back with more weekend fantasy update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Frank And Before we went to commercial, uh, I started to get a feeling that maybe Mike uh, was a little uh, a little bothered with the, the whole Mets situation. But just real quick, let's just run down what's going on with the Mets. Uh, Steven Matz and Seth Lugo going to be making their debut uh, this weekend, right? Yep. Matz is today in Game 2, and then Lugo, I believe, is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And um, so what the Mets are saying is that if both pitch well, then they're going to stick with a six-man rotation, and Robert Gisellman is going to be part of that. That's what what they're telling the media, right? They're going to go to six-man. I mean,
2: I I can't see them bump. They're not going to bump Matt's, obviously. Mm -hmm. I can't see them bumping Lugo after one start. I guess it's if Gisellman doesn't pitch well, maybe, but he's been pitching better as of late. Mm -hmm. But my
0: frustration is not from the pitchers. Well, it should be one. One other pitching you note know, I just want to make is uh, Noah Syndergaard going on a, a local, um, well, maybe a national radio show th- this week and saying, "Look, he's nowhere close to being I, able to pick up a baseball." I don't That's, know if
2: you, if you guys agree. I think at best, fantasy owners are probably going to get a handful of starts out of him. Yeah, and I think it's tied into how poorly the Mets have played. If they don't go on a run soon, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't say this what they're going to do, but if they don't go on a run soon, right. I have to foresee them. They have a whole bunch of expiring contracts. Mm-hmm. Jay Bruce, I mean, Curtis Granderson and Reyes, if anyone wants them. Mm-hmm. Addison Reed, mm-hmm. uh, Lucas Duda, Neil Walker. I imagine they're going to be shopping all of these players and just trying to get an overhaul of what they can get. And if they do that and they admit they're playing for next year, I see them shutting down Syndergaard, mm-hmm. sudden, shutting down Harvey, DeGrom, Mats. Why put more innings in Taxi's arms when you know they're already dealing with health issues I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, they last year it looked bleak at a time, and then they went on a run and ended up winning the wild card.
0: But they're pretty far out of it already, and mm-hmm. if they don't turn it around soon, I think they have to be looking to do this. I know what your your position is on this, so I just want to ask Frank. Frank, do you think that Guards issues this season are tied into him just working out like a maniac this past week. I mean it's it's a lat issue. It's not really in his arm, right? Yeah, it's a lat. <laughs> Cuz I asked you this once and you said, you didn't you didn't agree, Mike. You thought that maybe I, it was so I said I I don't know enough on it. Well, I, I mean, Yeah, I mean obviously yeah, we're, these... we're speculating, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but I mean do you think that in part maybe it's it's because of that and maybe the Mets really need to get more involved in their players off-season training like figure out exactly what they're doing?
1: I think overall the Mets just have to do a better job Medically, right? Every single year. I mean, it's something else. Mm-hmm. And now, Mike, well, look, I'm kind of foreshadowing what Mike wants to bring yeah. up, but yeah, and I mean, another he, he guy, chance, too, yes. with all their players, it just seems like they're constantly either rushing guys back or when they're on the DL, uh, you know, just not giving them the proper treatment that they need or the proper time to get back and get healthy because obviously, you know, Look, they were they were in the World Series just a couple of years ago, and they want to get back there. I get mm-hmm. it. They want to get into the playoffs. They don't want to waste, you know, the prime of these guys' pitching career right now. And on paper, they should be,
0: you know, competing for a World Series title just about every year. This is the time. But, everyone's in their prime. In their in their starting. But rotation. you can't
1: you can't rush it back. I mean, I agree with everything Mike said. The problem is, I think it might make too much sense. I mean, mm-hmm. everything that the Mets have done with their young players, it just hasn't made much sense. So. I could see a situation where they become sellers and they shut down Noah Syndergaard. I I realistically can see that. This Mm -hmm. guy, when he's healthy, is a top three pitcher in all of baseball. But you need him to be healthy for years to come. Mm -hmm. You have to build the team and the entire pitching staff around this player. Mm -hmm. So I can certainly see a situation where they shut him down. I just think... That might make too much
0: sense for the Mets to I'd do. I call him a top four, though, because you got to put Scherzer in there, Scherzer, Absolutely. Bumgarner, and and Kershaw. So, get it off your chest, Mike. Come on, I know you're, you're dying to so talk about Saperis. Come on.
2: I never thought I would be mad to see the bet, the Mets' best hitter, come back to their lineup. But he told reporters today. He said, when they asked him, were you rushed back the first time? Because about a week ago, they wanted him. They started rehabbing him. They wanted him back for this Texas series that just and passed. And he said, yes, I'm rushed because I was supposed to have a tea yeah. time today. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I mean, he's, he started, you know, his workout and then uh, his rehab assignment. And he had to get touched down because he just wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. So he said, yeah, you could say I was rushed. And then they said, all right, well, how are you feeling now? And he said, well, you know, I'm getting it. Well, this isn't what he said, but he's, he's activated activated from the DL but said he's not sure if he could run 100% yet. So a guy who has a nagging hamstring injury mm. who you just gave a multi-year deal worth over 100 million. Right. You're this desperate th- this is what the Mets are doing man. They're so desperate to try and get in keep stay in the race, get back in it sell tickets that they're forcing their best player to come back prematurely instead mm. of giving him an extra week or so and then you know what? The issue's probably behind him. I know hamstrings can can linger, and they're never fully behind you. But if the guy says, all right, now I feel 100%, and then he re-injures it or whatever, mm-hmm. that's a lot different than him admittingly saying, I'm not at 100%. Right. You push him out there, and then he gets hurt again. And this goes all the way back for over a decade now. And, I mean, it, it, there was an article this year that points out that it starts at the top, and yeah, mental ownership that. are yeah. desperate to have their best players. They made Pedro Martinez back in the day pitch when he sh- they, the doctors recommended shutting him down, they mm-hmm. said, no, he needs to sell tickets. He needs to go out there.
0: Right.
1: How about Johan Santana? They ruined yeah. his career letting him go for a no-hitter. I mean, you can argue that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think similar to Cespedes, look what the Blue Jays did with Josh Donaldson. They mm-hmm. gave him all the time he needed, now yeah. he came back, and he's crushing the yes. baseball. So, I mean, instead of trying to rush your guys back, I understand that they, they want to get his back in the lineup. I get well, it. It's Cespedes. But, Mike, you point this out all the time. It's not their pitching that has been it's not their hitting that's been the issue. They're hitting the ball. So do they really need Cesar bat that much? I think they really need their pitching to be healthy mm-hmm. and, and pitch well. I mean, DeGrom has been getting lit up recently, Harvey all season long uh, but getting Matts back and Lugo should help but you said it yourself the problem with them is not their hitting. They've been hitting well.
2: Yeah, they have not They've slowed down as of late but teams just need to learn from other teams around baseball. Like mm-hmm. the Blue Jays did do the right thing with Josh Donaldson after they rushed him back the yeah, first time. Like, right. you learn from these mistakes. Give a player an extra week or two so that you don't have
0: to sit him out another month. Right. I, I don't get it. I just go back to the video uh, in his most recent injury when he was taking batting practice and, and, and was obviously uncomfortable wincing, right? And then his first game back, he hits a double and pulled into second base. With, you know, he couldn't even basically make it to second base. So, looks like, uh, like you said, they're not... Yeah, learning from their past. Yeah, I mean, if you
2: own Cespedes and you want to try and trade him now mm-hmm. when he's at his value, that's exactly what I was going to ask. You. High, mm-hmm. go for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually I was trying to shop him in one of my leagues this morning to a guy who needs an outfielder.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Ended up not working out, but if you want to do that, if you have a, if it's you, a strategy, you know, if you yes. picked up someone that that's filled in, maybe you picked up like I picked up Brett Gardner. Mm-hmm. He's been awesome. Oh yeah, I'm getting by with him just fine. I picked up Souza early in the year. He's mm-hmm. been awesome as yes. of late. Monster game. Maybe last if night. you pick guys up like that, and you, you know, you feel you're okay in outfield, sure,
1: what's, try and trade him now. What's a realistic uh, return for Cespedes? you think you could get maybe like a low end SP two or high end SP three if he's pitching, or maybe like a like a top twelve hitter at another position? You think you get I, that? I think
2: you certainly could. So the guy that I hit up, mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, what would you give me for Cespedes?" and and he was like. I'd consider Kluber or Degrom, mm-hmm.
0: mm.
2: so I was I was really. But then someone else can't jump. Lot, yeah. Someone else offered him an outfielder, so they could give up a lower pitcher. I don't think you can get maybe like a Kluber, but you, I think you certainly could. If you want to take a risk on a DeGrom or... And we're not worried about DeGrom, right? He had a very bad start last a little, a little Two outings. Two, two, two straight. Yeah. There's a lot of pitchers right now that I know we're going to talk
1: about, but mm-hmm. it's him, Verlander, Tanaka, DeGrom's had a really weird year, too. Mm-hmm. I, I get that he's getting a ton of strikeouts, but his command is way off. It's mm-hmm. almost like he's been effectively wild this year, which is not what we've ever seen from DeGrom. I mean, he's getting a ton of strikeouts. He's averaging nearly 12 strikeouts per nine. But his walks per nine are also near four, and this is a guy who, you know, consistently the past couple years has, you know, maintained a low uh, walks per nine of around two or under two. So he's really a guy that's depended on pinpoint control in the past couple of seasons. But this year, it's just a very odd season from Degrom. Didn't he have to skip
0: a start uh,
1: with a
2: stiff neck? Yeah, he is. He has three outings with five or more walks. Mm -hmm. That's not 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 like him. No,
1: it's not. I wouldn't be surprised if he's hiding an injury too. I mean, we talk about the, you know, the Mets. Right. Training staff and the, and their their medical uh, facilities just, you know, constantly hiding stuff and rushing guys back. I you know wouldn't be a,
0: surprised. As a fantasy player, I wouldn't be happy, or I'm not happy, that the Mets might be going to a six-man uh, rotation. But, you know, in real life, if it preserves some of the I, I, I guess the way the, of looking you know, at for it... For a run at, at
2: it, you know, maybe. The way of looking at it is you're going to lose like two-star weeks and stuff, but mm-hmm. I guess you'll have those guys in your lineup longer throughout the season. Because a guy like Zach Wheeler, this maybe could give him an extra three, four weeks of the season because he's going to get shut down at some point. Mm-hmm. And you have to figure they're not going to push Matt Harvey too deep and, and DeGrom if he keeps struggling. It's going to give these – and Matt's even. I mean, all these guys, like you said, they could be maybe a little bit more effective and mm-hmm. you may get them a little bit longer. Right? Has Zach Wheeler kind of been –
1: overlooked this year. I feel like he's kind of been the unsung hero of their rotation. Like, he's been pretty damn consistent this In the this GST
0: season. League, we traded him away uh, for Yoan Mankata. And he's, that's been a very good deal for Mr. Cardano.
2: Our thinking was...
0: He robbed
1: you blind. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was thinking really. was, he's gone 30 innings. <laughs> we'll we got <laughs> a, we got a
2: quarter of the season out of, out mm-hmm. of what he's going to give us. Mm-hmm. Let's ship him now. And, I mean, he's made us look kind
1: of foolish. Yeah.
2: Well, what do you...
1: How many innings do you think he could go this year, Mike? Have they already announced what his they innings pitched? said are roughly
2: around 120, which means he's about halfway there right now. All
1: right. Well, I mean, if you could get 60 more innings of what he's done so far this season, I think you'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, when we come back, uh, lots more baseball news, a little Dallas Keuchel. I want to talk about the, uh, the Pirates bullpen and what's going on there. We'll be right back on the Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to the uh, Weekend Fantasy Update here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Frank Stample, and Pete Considori producing our show. So uh, let's get into some uh, some baseball news. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, what do you have, a tummy ache or something? They, they said he was ill and he couldn't pitch. Then all of a sudden, uh, he's on the DL Next day, with the, looks like the same kind of neck issue, they're they calling p- it neck discomfort. They pulled the a Mets. <laughs> oh,
2: we accident. oh, he's <laughs>
0: sick. Oh, we <laughs> accidentally
2: misput who's pitching today. They, it's they, a bad
0: sushi. They pulled the a Mets. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm a little concerned about this. Uh, same injury twice. Uh, obviously, you know, pitching lights out so far this season, but um, the Astros have the luxury of a big, big lead. So they could, they could sit him for a month. So if you own him in fantasy, I'd be a little concerned.
1: Yeah, I mean, you make a great point that they, they they have a luxury here, and they have some pitching prospects and, and younger pitchers that they can use to fill in for now. I mean, we, we're seeing David Paulino, uh, Brad Peacock is another guy who's been getting a ton of strikeouts. Proud has. Uh, yeah. He uh, did get rocked last night. He yeah. did get rocked, it's true. But you know what? I think this is concerning because last year he just dealt with a shoulder injury, and, right. you know, it's not the same, but shoulder, neck, I mean, they're pretty close. Uh, I will say this about the neck injury is the fact that it hasn't, ruined the way that he's pitched this year. It hasn't uh, affected his performance. Last year we saw the shoulder injury completely derail him. He had a 4.55 ERA, wasn't getting as many strikeouts. The command was not nearly as good. Uh, at least this season, the the ground ball rate is still up to 67%, so we haven't seen this neck issue affect his performance. Still has a 1.67 ERA. Uh, but, yeah, Joe, you're absolutely right. I mean, look, if you're in the middle of the pack and you really need pitching production you can't afford to wait on him Mm -hmm. uh maybe you know you try and sell him for 75 cents on a dollar maybe try to get uh an sp2 out of him while you can if you really need that pitching production but you know if you're in first place i think you know like you guys are in gst you could probably wait on him right i i look at it as in two
2: different ways one he had an ex comfort a month ago missed Mm -hmm. one start
0: came back and still pitched great Right, I was going to mention that that when he did come back, he it looked like he really hadn't missed much. Yep. so
2: so maybe he's not out a long time. Maybe you know they just want to rest him a start or two, and then he comes back and he could still pitch fine. Mm-hmm. The other way I look at it is this is obviously lingering. Yes, the Astros are the best team in baseball right now. Mm-hmm. They have World Series aspirations. There's no reason to get their best pitcher hurt
0: mm-hmm. now. Right.
2: So maybe they give him a month. Yeah. And then they, they wait till he's fully healthy, and he, the doctors say he's good to go, and mm-hmm. he feels like he's good to go.
1: Maybe they give him two months.
2: <laughs> yeah. know. I mean, so I'm, I'm, I am a little concerned as a Keiko owner. I mean, I feel like you have to be concerned, mm-hmm. but everything we're saying is just speculation right sure. now. The range yeah. is, of possibility is so far. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with what Frank said. I think you kind of just got to hold him. You, you're not going to trade him oh, for course, yeah. for you know $0.10 cents on the dollar or whatever mm-hmm. it would be, cause, well, especially while his status is up in the air. Mm-hmm. People who are
1: trading for him are just taking a risk, so they're not going to want to give you what his value is worth. Right. If you're in the middle of the pack, though, or falling behind in a roto league, say if you're in a 12 or 15 teamer and you're 8, tenth tenth, and you have Keichel, do you just try to trade him so you get some kind of pitching production, you know, out of his spot while he's out? I mean, maybe you can't afford to wait for him to come back. Do you mm. try and trade him then? That's a fair point. I, I think you could also. I'm
2: trying to think of like who you could trade him for. Maybe you give him up for like, I mean, you could trade him and get one of these struggling starting pitchers if you want to take a shot on a buy low. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, you could get like a solid SP two or SP three. Maybe a
1: guy. like, I mean, I don't know if the you Alex trade Wood him, owner, but you, I was you say trade maybe him a guy straight like up, Alex Wood. That's not bad. You trade him straight up for like Carlos Martinez right now if you could. If you're if you're falling out of it
2: and you know you're desperate for pitching, I think I would. But I think if you feel at all like like you could
0: sustain this wave and maybe stream some guys, I would like to hold him if possible. But it definitely doesn't hurt to find out what his value is at this point if someone's willing to give you. I mean, uh, maybe someone
1: will overpay, you know, and maybe right. someone you know uh, is more optimistic and they think just like we were just talking about how he only missed one start mm-hmm. and you know he came back and. He still pitched lights out. So if uh, if you find an owner who thinks that way, maybe you could still get like a top fifteen starting.
0: Pitch There's
2: never a
1: harm in shopping a player.
2: You don't need right.
0: to
1: trade them, but just throw them on your
2: block, seeing what people will give them. There's Absolutely. no harm in that.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about the Pirates' closer situation. Uh, looks like <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Uh, looks like uh, they're going to be splitting a time with Juan Nicasio and Felipe Rivero. Uh, is, is any of them worth owning at this point? I mean, it looks like uh, Rivero's probably the guy with most of the talent there, right? But uh, Nicasio is a right-hander. Um, maybe a better play? I mean, are you owning either one of these guys? I mean... I, I've i gone back and forth on this a lot. I, I think you, if you're in
2: need of saves or you're in a rota league, you have to take a shot on one of them. At least throw a bit out there or pick them up if you can. Rivero, like you said, is the lefty. He's thrived in that eighth inning role. Maybe they don't want to mess with that. But Nicasio is also, you know, a veteran. He, he stretched out to pitch more than one inning. And I think if they were to trade one of them because if they fall out of it, they're gonna, I think they're going to be looking to make moves. I think he's the one that gets traded before Rivero. They had Rivero under team control for a little bit. I so long term, I think the chances are that Rivero has the job for longer. But in the short term. I think Nicasio may get the first crack just because... Not because of talent or anything, because Rivera's a great pitcher. Just because... He's not a lefty, and and Rivero's used to that eighth inning. They're in also role.
0: saying that maybe the business of baseball might yep, be getting that's involved exactly in this, what I wanted to the, say. Uh, possible arbitration. Yep. Uh, the situation, right? Yeah. The politics of
1: baseball, yeah. right? right. Uh, Rivero, obviously the best option for them. You look at his numbers, getting more strikeouts than Acasio, better command, keeps the ball on the ground. Uh, that's everything that you want out of a closer. I will say this though, as a lefty, you really need to be a lights out reliever if you're going to be a closer as a lefty. In baseball. I mean, you have to be a Zach Britton. You have to be a Chapman. Because, like Tony Watson, we just saw, he doesn't have elite numbers. And he was a lefty, and he's obviously been getting rocked, and he lost a job. If I have to choose one of these guys that I'm going to spend fab on, I'm going to go with Nicasio. Just because of the arbitration eligibility for uh, Felipe Rivero. We saw this with Batances uh, before Mm -hmm, the season. mm -hmm. He didn't get paid like a closer in arbitration because he didn't have saves. It's all because of that one stat. So... The Pirates are a team that likes to. Uh, they're going to be frugal. I mean, they they are a smaller market team. They need to keep their players under control for longer at a cheaper price. So I don't think that they're going to give. They're saying that they're going to split duties, but I mm. I would lean towards Juan Nicasio getting you know seventy five percent of those save opportunities. With that being said, I don't think there's going to be a lot of save opportunities mm. anyway. I mean, the Pirates are not a good team right now. They're not winning a lot of games. Right. Uh, so you know, I, I'm not sure that there's even going to be that many opportunities. If I have to choose one. Uh, I'm going to go with Juan Nicasio. I still think Felipe Rivero should be owned regardless because he's going to help you with ratios, get strikeouts. Uh, But I don't think there's going to be many save opportunities for him. I want to ask you guys, how much booty are you going to spend (laughs) (laughs) on Juan Nicasio?
2: See, I was thinking like between 10 and 15% just because of the uncertainty around it. But I don't know if that gets the job done. I mean... We're seeing well, in it in our GST league, man, People going nuts, over and, our and closers, that's in right? any roto league. Like people are just they saves are so vital, and and you know closers are going dropping like flies mm-hmm. this year. That mm-hmm. whenever there's a new closer in waiting, people just
0: spend everything on
1: right. It. Especially the Tony Watson owner, like the Tony Watson owner is going to spend a ton of money on Wanekasi. Right. right.
0: And since we're talking about the Pirates, why don't we talk about Jarek Cole? Uh, he's been real slump. I, and it's kind of. I mean, the velocity has been there. Uh, I've noticed he's thrown his fastball a little less, changed a little bit more. But he's really given up a a lot more home runs this season. And uh, uh, his XFIP, which takes that home run, uh, the home runs that a pitcher would give up into uh, consideration, shows that his ERA, is without all those home runs, he can knock off a run off of it. I mean, his ERA currently 4.83, XFIP 3.84. Like I said, the velocity's there, but just not getting it done right now. His last four games, Joe,
1: 10.71 ERA. Uh... 7.45 7.45 Ks per nine. Uh, the walks are still not there, but he's getting hit really hard, and he's not keeping the ball on the ground. What mm-hmm. What makes Garrett Cole so great is the fact that normally when he's on, he can give you close to a strikeout per inning uh, with good command, and he keeps the ball on the ground. Mm-hmm. But right now he's getting hit hard, uh, and the ground ball rate over these last four games that he's been getting shelled is only at 35%. So he's giving up more line drives. He's giving up more fly balls, and he's doing that at a, at a harder contact rate too, which uh, – has you know really destroyed him uh, over the last four games. I wouldn't be surprised if you know we see a phantom DL stint out of him <laughs> right. because just last year, I mean, he had a flexor mass strain, mm-hmm. uh, which normally is a precursor for something to go wrong with the elbow. So hopefully that's not the case. But I wouldn't be surprised because he is you know their prized possession, their their young stud starting pitcher. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a phantom DL stint. So I looked into him, you know, on the year
2: and in these past four starts as mm-hmm. well, and. I mean, his two top pitches are his this year, his slider and his changeup, and he's actually throwing those even more in these past four outings, still getting shelled. So I looked at it a little deeper. His swinging strike rate in these past four starts is way down, just 7.3%. Contact rate, 85% over the past month. That is way too high. Mm-hmm. It explains all the hard contact. People are swinging at less of his pitches outside the zone. When they are swinging, they're making contact. Something is not right with Garrett Cole, and it's not just, you know, he. Oh, this is a rough patch. Mm-hmm. I I truly do think something is wrong with Something's Garrett Cole brewing, right now. Right? Yeah, because a pitcher like that doesn't just have lose the ability to miss bats. Even though his velocity is there, his command has is is not as sharp. He's obviously missing. People are are hitting the ball a lot harder. That is always the, the first precursor to me to an injury. It's not velocity. They always people always worry about velocity. It's it's command that you have to worry about, and that is clearly off with Garrett Cole right now.
1: Yeah, very similar situation with Tanaka as mm-hmm. well, right? We don't know what to make of it, but Tanaka is a guy who's always had pinpoint control, and now this year he's walking more guys, and when he's walking guys, he's giving home runs up with those guys on base. So, you know, normally he can live giving up a couple of solo shots, but he's giving up more home runs with guys on base because he's walking those guys. He's giving up harder contact. So Tanaka and Garrett Cole, two guys who are in a similar boat who uh, we don't know if there's an injury that they're hiding, but for fantasy purposes, you just got to ride it out right now. You can't sell these
0: guys low on their value. All right, we'll take a look at uh, some waiver wire of value when we come back with more Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Frank Stample, Mike Florio. And Pete Considori, produced the show, did a great job like he usually this is does. This a wrestling
1: song, correct? No, it's not. It's I was going to f- say it. You
0: think Finn Balor, maybe? Was that That's what, you what you it sounds like. like yeah. It's not Finn Balor, yeah.
1: but... uh I was going to say it sounds like the internet like the intro to like a Transformers movie or oh, something I it was, like that. The, the, yeah. He times that
0: perfectly too when he just lifts his arms to that Yeah. D- yeah. I mean he
2: definitely
1: practices it Obviously, non-stop yeah, yeah. just
0: I, I saw something something on Facebook uh, where they showed um, Pictures of wrestlers today and what they looked like in, in their uh, high school yearbooks, which is pretty cool. Uh, obviously, we're doing radio, so we can't really talk about it. But uh, why don't we talk a little free agency? Uh, Malik Smith is a guy that uh, I think he's going to get some attention. Especially after week, what right? he did last Two night. Two for three last night, home run, walk, three steals. So how I t- much fab do you put on? I him? tweeted out because we spoke <laughs> about it. One million dollars. We <laughs> right. spoke
2: about it yesterday. How like it depends where he hits in the order right. and all that. So I tweeted out Malik Smith hitting leadoff yeah. is really good for his value, and then like an hour later, or however long it was, <laughs> I quoted it, and I wrote him having three steals and home runs even better. <laughs> <laughs> well, we Th- talked. It, about it was the first inning. He though. walked,
1: stole second, and stole third yeah. right there in the first inning. Like. He has game-changing speed. You look at the minor leagues, there were multiple seasons. We had more than 50 right. s- stolen bases
0: in a season. If you listen to Fantasy First Look, the name should be familiar to, to you because we did speak about him uh, prior to the beginning of the season. 88 uh, stolen bases in, in a season in yep. a minor league career. I mean, So the guy also a three seventy nine on base percentage for his minor league career. So he does two things. Well, he gets on base, and he steals bases. So, look, stolen bases. You see in in our GST League, which is a 15-team roto league, any time that there's a a free agent available that could steal a base or two, someone's dropping 30 to 35% of their fab on He's going to
1: go for a ton of money, and I'm not sure that it's a bad thing either. I mean, hitting at the top of this lineup— Kiermaier's only out two months, but if Malik Smith is the primary center fielder uh-huh. for two months with speed like this, right. I mean, I think it's it it makes sense that he would go for that much money. He's going to go for a lot of fab. If uh-huh. you need stolen bases, don't you know? Don't be scared to throw down a lot, and I mean a lot of your fab. I, I agree with you guys, but I will say this: if the Cameron Mabin owner dropped him when he
2: got hurt, give me Cameron Mabin over Malik Smith. Cameron Mabin stole four bases last night. Mm-hmm. He won up Malik Smith. And yeah. he And he just got back in the DL. Yeah. He's already running. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't worry about his spot in the order. The, the Angels have no one, no one coming back. Even when Mike Child comes back, Cameron Mabin's already showed he's going to play. So I, I would I think though those two are probably the top pickups this week. It's probably if Mabin's out there. But if mm-hmm. not, Malik Smith is probably number one just because Steals are so hard to come by. We just saw someone traded. Miguel Cabrera mm-hmm. for Billy Hamilton. Right. And who coming into this season would have thought that right. that
1: was a trade that made sense? A borderline that- first round pick for Billy Hamilton who went in like the fifth or sixth round. Yeah,
2: right. and, and, and the thing is though, I can't knock it. Because mm-hmm. Billy Hamilton is so valuable because of how much... You know, he's stealing and how hard it is to come by stolen he bases
0: could, he, in a roto league, a categories league. He could win that category for you, right? right. Yes, you know, he almost down.
1: he almost has, I think he might even have 30 stolen bases. Right, he's on pace for like over 80 this season, right. which is unheard of. And you know, if you are the Billy Hamilton owner, I think now might be the time to try and trade him because we've seen him get banged up a little bit, so mm-hmm. maybe you know, he slows down or. or it affects his ability to get on base, because I know it was a shoulder injury. So he's you know, 28 right now. 28. So he's on pace for probably close to 80 stolen bases this year, which right. is crazy. So if you have a good lead in stolen bases with uh, Billy Hamilton in your Roto League, now might be the, tri- the time to trade him. I think that was a, a great, phenomenal job by Sussman and Nando getting um, Miguel Cabrera for Billy I will Hamilton.
2: say this. this. I'll get credit where it's due. That Tony Sincata brought this up the other day. I think it was a great point. He said, you draft a guy like Billy Hamilton – not to have him the entire season. Mm-hmm. You don't hope to get those if he gets 80 steals. You don't want all 80 on your team. You, you want to get half pad. of them or whatever, pad your stolen base lead, mm-hmm. and then trade him for a guy like a Miguel Cabrero or someone like that, a guy who could help you in all the other categories. That's the way to get the most out of Billy Hamilton. And so I think if you own him, maybe you own him for another month, mm-hmm. really pad your lead in steals so that at the least you're guaranteeing
1: you finish in the top two or three, and then you that- ship him out. You only need to win the category by one,
0: yeah. so you don't have to win it by twenty. And you're thinking that as the season wears on, like you kind of insinuated there, Frank, that a, a guy that steals a ton of bases is going to take slow its down. toll on his body yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about uh, Jonathan VR? We didn't plan on talking about him, but he's playing better. But he, but uh, he got he carted left, off the field last that's night. That's what oh, I was so going to mention. Carded. Uh, now they're saying it's the last I saw was back spasms. Yeah, oh, they're,
2: God. They're, the thing is, so I was reading up on it. I wasn't I mean, watching this game. Races, he's
0: another guy. Yeah, too.
2: he he got you know he came back after the injury. He got up. He was trying to field some grounders and throw the ball. Apparently he threw it over the first a few times, mm-hmm. and then he dropped back on the floor. And right. he said he couldn't even stand up. His back spasms got so bad. Right. So while they're saying he's day to day. I expect him to be more like, yeah, at least like, a 10-day yeah, DL, right? DL. And it sucks because he was just starting to turn it around and mm-hmm. starting to play a little bit better. And if his back, if that lingers, that really could take a hit on how many times they let him
0: run. Right. And if he's not running, he's not valuable. Right, right. All right, so there are a couple other uh, guys on the Wave of Wire that I want to ask you about. Uh, you know, I was talking about the Super 2. Did it pass? I, I mean, I, in my last watch list article, I, I referred to it. Looking a lot of on the it varies the, Google. it varies right yeah I couldn't find they won't the know f- what the exact date is for like two years <laughs> but it just seems that maybe it's either getting close or I mean because now you have Francis Martez uh, just got called up Josh uh, who's the top pitching prospect for the Astros Josh Hader uh, top pitching prospect for the Brewers they just got, he just got called up too um, any interest in either of them because of their pedigree uh, I, I guess maybe in a uh, in a keeper league, yes, but they're both getting their start in the bullpen, right? Uh, Martez for sure. And, uh, and we saw him last well. night.
1: He did not pitch well last night <laughs> right. either. Uh, and if you look at his minor league numbers from this season, he Terrible. was not pitching well right. at AAA. Everything before this season, he has been lights out though. Right. So, I mean, maybe we give him a pass. Right. It's just weird that he was pitching so poorly at AAA yet the Astros still call him up. You would think they would be a little bit more cautious with him, especially like we were talking earlier. They have a huge lead in the AL West right, right. now and in the American League overall, so I'm kind of surprised by the move that they called up Francis Martez. If I'm going to choose one of these guys, uh, I think Hayter has a better chance to you know be in the rotation and be in the rotation long-term because the Astros have a ton of options right right now, uh, and the Brewers' pitching rotation is not great, and it hasn't been great for a while, uh, but we know the pedigree Hayter has. The problem with him, like most prospects, is command. He's, mm-hmm. had, terrib- he's had terrible command, uh, so I am a little bit worried about that. If I'm choosing one of these guys, though, I- I'd rather go Hayter. So looking at the Brewers roster resource page,
2: Matt Garza just went on the DL this week, and as of now they have Hater listed in middle relief, but they only have four starting pitchers listed, so that mm-hmm. fifth spot is open. Right. He definitely will be, I-, I imagine, a candidate for that spot.
1: Right. He's a guy who, across uh, multiple lever- levels, Since 2015, Josh Hader has maintained a per K-9 over 11 up until this season where it was only at 8.83, and he was getting shelled. I mean, 5.37 ERA, you you can't hide it.
0: over five walks per nine. Yeah,
1: like like a lot of these prospects that we bring up. uh, But, you know, I think he will get a shot in the rotation, and he might have a chance to stay there longer. Uh, Sean Newcomb, another guy, He, Mm -hmm. he gets a ton of strikeouts but also walks a ton of guys. Between those three... I'd probably go Nukem. I don't feel great about it, and you know his home ballpark is not great either. Atlanta has been more of a hitter's park this year, but so is Milwaukee. So, I mean, cautiously, I'll go Nukem, but you know, I don't feel great about either any three of these guys. I wish Faria was up. If Faria was up, I was just
0: going to mention him. You know, he, he got a spot start the other day, he yeah, did well. If he was huh? up
1: consistently, I'd probably take him out of all four of these. He's going to be
0: back soon. One thing though,
1: I, I have to say,
2: I've learned this kind of the hard way. Over especially years past, mm-hmm. like recently, you have to these these young players mm-hmm. they hardly ever live up to what we expect them to be. Like, think about it. Last year the two big can't miss prospects were Giolito and Berrios mm-hmm. and they missed. Yep. Right. I know we do get like Michael Fulmer and we get guys like these who come up and miss. So, Sean Mania so you, too
0: surprises you. Yeah, at Sha- at but
2: Sean Mania, even him, he, he took a little bit to to, you know, really get his feet wet and settle in. Mm-hmm. He was struggling early on when he first came up. These guys, you either one have to have a lot of patience with them, mm-hmm. or two, you know, you have to take a flyer, but don't, you know, once these guys get called up, throw them in your lineup and think, oh, look what he did in the minor leagues. It's going right. to just translate. You have to practice patience. And to be honest, I think with a lot of these guys, their name is worth more than the production you're actually going to get out of them. Right. You know who I take over all these guys right now?
1: Buck Farmer.
0: <laughs> I got made
2: throw fun a buck of buck on buck. Throw a buck on <laughs> buck. buck. I got made fun of for bringing up buck farmer yesterday and he's not he's not a bad pitcher, man. He's not great, but for what he's done in two starts, throw a dollar on him, maybe two bucks. Mm-hmm. Throw him on your bench. Let him let him go out a couple of outings, prove it to you. He may be working with something there.
1: He was a former, I mean, top pitching prospect in the Tigers' uh farm system as well. Not a great farm system, but you know, he did have some pedigree over the past couple of seasons. He's had an ERA in the upper threes, but the FIP and the X FIP uh, were much better. So maybe he was playing with a bad defense behind him, whatever it might be. The peripherals say that Buck Farmer should have been better than his, you know, near four ERA the past couple of years. Uh, and with what he's done so far at the major league level this season, I think you have to take a shot. And you know what? They'll probably let him go deeper into games than these young pitchers who are going to struggle with command, will probably get high pitch counts early in games. Maybe you don't see them go much further than five, six innings. I think Buck Farmer you know, has a chance to go deeper into games.
2: He's pitched into the seventh in both of his outings. 6.1 yeah. and 6.2. I know his his strikeout numbers are a little skewed because mm-hmm. he had 11 against the White
1: Sox. Right. And the White but, Sox suck. Yeah, <laughs> but that
2: still it should turn heads a little bit. I mean, the guy came up his first start of the season. He struck out 11 batters. We're all loving Brad Peacock
0: because of the strikeout potential he has, but... Buck Farmer no one's talking about. Hey, Mike, that's why we're here. And Frank, right? I mean, a, a show uh, on the weekend when uh, fantasy players are thinking about who they're going to pick up off the waiver wire to, to throw bring up a guy buck
2: like on why Buck. Not?
0: My
1: name is Buck, <laughs> and I'm here to pitch. <laughs> I bet you guys (laughs) thought I was going a different route there.
0: (laughs) A little kill book reference? Uh, I like it. (laughs) All right. Well, when we come back, uh, maybe we'll take a look at, you were talking about patience. Maybe some teams might be losing some patience on some players. We'll be right back. Maybe some players that uh, could be riding the bench on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend fantasy update. <laughs> Yee-haw! There you go, there you go. If you could see what I could see, you'd be laughing too. <laughs> <laughs> they can see it every day. <laughs> they could see it every day, right? Every weekday, right? Monday through Friday, one to two p.m. BFFs, Greg Sussman, Mike Florio, Frank Stample on the Yahoo uh, uh, YouTube 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 Yahoo. Live. You're on not a- on Yahoo. You're None. on YouTube. Not
1: yet. <laughs> YouTube live. Yeah. Yahoo at the uh, FNTSY. Um, Gets YouTube. Just how uh, handsome page. these uh, gentlemen are. You'll you, see me dance. Yeah. I mean, you'll see Michael Florio sitting there, like, oh, this guy's. Why is he dancing? <laughs> is that just what like you that? Do? Yeah. You'll also <laughs> see Frank's sweaty armpits. Oh, oh boy. Why did you just see them? Did it just remind you? No, they look all right today. Well, I'm wearing black.
0: Maybe I should just wear a black shirt every day. Hey, why don't you give us the breaking (laughs) news and stop the nonsense? Jameson
1: Tyone (laughs) will pitch Monday, which marks exactly five weeks since he had uh, the surgery for testicular cancer. So, Tyler Glass now is going back to AAA, and Jameson Tyone will be back in the rotation. There you go. And I think, you know what, it's a testament to him getting back. It's awesome to see. Uh, For real baseball, for the Pirates, it's great for him. but. I do worry that you know maybe there could be still some fatigue here. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't let him go as deep into games uh, as they would have early on in the season. Uh, but we, you know, as a talent, we know the talents there. I mean, a yes. guy who can maybe get you over eight Ks per nine, mm-hmm. keeps the ball on the ground. Last year was awesome. Uh, he does everything I want to see from a starting. Do you pitcher. put him in your lineup,
0: or no. do you wait to see? You know, if, even uh,
1: though it's on a Monday, which means right. he might have a double start. Right. I, I mean. You just I'm, want to wait, I'm cautious, to wait and see, right, Jameson?
0: And, okay. and
2: a points league, I'd be tempted to, where you know you can get those two starts out right. of him. I mean, for what it's worth, I know he was a rehab outing, but he cruised through it. Sixty-eight pitches to get through six scoreless innings. Right. I am worried because, like Frank said, I mean, there's a lot that you like. We just don't know about, right? Uh, like how his body is, all that.
0: I, I mean, it's great, great, great to see him back. Absolutely, yeah. It's, no, I, when we first reported the news, who would think that he'd be able to, you know? Uh, make a recovery this quickly so it's you know on a personal note it's fantastic and
1: it's it's tough for us to do a diagnosis too because (laughs) you know we don't normally see this ever in fantasy so I mean people are asking "Oh, how long is he going to be out we we really never knew I mean it was up in the air but now it's confirmed he will return it's not not like you
0: see other men's Testicles, uh, you know, right? Well, no. you don't know what I do on the weekends, Joe. So. <laughs> and, well, I do. You hear now? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: after this show, you never know.
2: And I know on uh, BFFs yesterday, Stephen Brought was a guy that we were discussing that maybe if the Pirates trade some of their starters, mm-hmm. maybe he, you know, could come up and take the spot. But you have to think at least maybe this is just myself, right. that Glass now would probably get another shot if, mm. they, if a spot in that rotation opened up.
0: Steven mm. Brault, if you want to read up on him, I, he was uh, in my last watch list. There you yeah. go, Joey Galena. Well, we're on the same page here, man. That's just awesome. Um, in the time we have remaining, maybe we'll carry it over and then do our fantasy football mock draft. Uh, just a couple of players that are in danger of losing their starting jobs, right? I, I mean... Uh, Look, uh, Ryan Schimpf just got uh, demoted, and I think it was a long time coming. Right, <laughs> basically just a home run or a strikeout with him. I did write <laughs> about him though that he's
2: also been pretty unlucky. I-, I know his hard hit rate is down this year. His BABIP is one forty five. Uh-huh. That would be one of, if not the lowest, in like the history of baseball if mm-hmm. he finished the season with that. I mean, and granted, even though his average but, but-
0: sucks. Isn't he known as a strikeout guy? I mean, mean, strikeouts
1: don't affect your BABIP, though. He's always going to have a low batting average because he strikes out a lot, but a 145 BABIP, regardless of whether you're making hard contact or not, is extremely unlucky. Yeah, and
2: he still has 14 homers, so I I thought there would be some regression, but I mean, I can't
0: blame them for sending him down. Okay. All right, well, maybe we'll pick this up at the top of the second hour, and then we're just going to go into our... Uh, mini fantasy football mock draft. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups, son of a. But don't be afraid. <laughs> That's why we give you weekend fantasy update. Woo-hoo! Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stanford, and Mike Florio. Welcome back for our 2 of Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Frank Stanford, and Pete Considori producing our show. So uh, before we left, we were talking about some of the players that we think that might be in danger of losing their jobs. I never want to see anybody lose their job, though. Just their life when you go whacking them. <laughs> Mike Florio, I mean, he's a
1: guy out here who openly roots for people to lose their job. Who? Chase Headley? No, no, no. <laughs> I just... <laughs> that is true. Come I don't on. want him
2: to lose. I don't want them to, like, get cut or whatever. Uh-huh. I just think the Yankees... I feel like
1: there has been another player that you were openly rooting for to lose their job. I want the
0: Yankees to call up Gleyber Torres. I think it's going to happen. I do, too. When do you think um, it happens, Joe?
1: Well, we, Yesterday we, we were saying yeah. mid-July.
0: We had this conversation a, a couple weeks ago, and I had... I think the consensus among us was probably September, but if Headley continues to struggle, and he really has, there's a chance that I agree with what you came up with yesterday, that it could be uh, maybe right after the All-Star break. I I wrote about uh, Torres in the Watchlist article this week. I I think it's getting closer. I think the Yanks, the longer that they look like they're going to – it doesn't look like they're going to fall out of this – you know, AL East. I don't know if you I don't agree. Know if they're going to win it, but they're going to be competitive. Oh, I, I would say 100%. Yeah.
2: I don't know if you agree, though. Once he gets called up or gets rumored, like, oh, in a week he's getting called up, uh-huh. trade him if you're able to. Uh-huh. I think that's what you do with all these prospects. I said, Ahmed I mean, Rosario, mm-hmm. any of these guys, because the hype is always, usually, I mean, like I said, there's always exceptions. Mm-hmm. The player could come up and thrive, and maybe you... You wouldn't. You well, feel at, silly well, trading what him. Look at
0: Turner did second half last year. Uh, look at Bregman started off slow and then went nuts. It, it so happens, it, You know, but, uh,
2: but that's a good point. I, I feel like their values are you because for every one of those, there's three or four guys who come up and they don't play as well. Mm-hmm. It's starting to change as of late. We are seeing players the last like year or two come up. I mean, some that come to mind like when Conforto first came up. uh Carlos Correa All like Schwarber A lot of these guys Have come up And played well right away Cody Bellinger Another one that comes to mind But There's also a lot of guys Who come up They're
1: Pretty good players Or they struggle So Aaron Judge came up Last year and struggled Yeah So I mean I think that's a fine example Mike Mm -hmm. Trout got sent down He was so bad His first call Mm -hmm. up Look at the contrast in uh, play so far in the month of June, though, with Chase Headley and Glaber Torres. Obviously, Torres is in AAA, but he's playing much better now. Uh, in June, he's hitting three forty six. He has nine hits in twenty six at bats with two home runs. Mm-hmm. Chase Headley is hitting a paltry two twenty two in the month of June. It's quite, uh, and you as know, long as that, that keeps trending that direction <laughs> mm-hmm. with Chase Headley, you know, hovering around the Mendoza line, and Glaber Torres hitting over three hundred at June in, uh, in June uh, at AAA. I think we get closer and closer to him being And there up. have
0: been some sports news outlets that saying that, look, you know, uh, uh, Torres is learning to play third. Yeah. I mean, they're playing, them I mean they're playing him all over. They're playing him second, yeah. shortstop, third base. Right. So, All right. Well, we'll be right back. Uh, a little bit more baseball talk, then we're going to move uh, to football. We'll be back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena, Mike Florio, Frank Stample, Pete Considori. Producing a show and uh, let's stick with baseball for, uh, for a little bit longer. I like it, Joe. You like it, right? I like okay. it. I made an executive decision right here. Just banged my fist. There's only one executive. <laughs> That's right. And he's a fantasy executive. Sometimes he goes by the name of Jeff, right? My name is Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> Uh, so, I wanted to talk about some of the slumping players that were in danger of either being sent down or maybe losing their job. Uh, Randall Grichuk comes to mind, right? And he was sent down all the way to, was it single A? <laughs> Almost like. Yeah. Louis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he's back up to triple A right now. But... And it
2: was all because they want him to work
0: on his pitch selection. So, right. well, yeah, I mean, he's had an up and down career. I last year he got sent down to the minor leagues as well. Uh, but uh, what about uh, uh, Mike Napoli? How much patience do you think that the Rangers are going to have with Napoli, especially since they have uh, Ronald Guzman uh, playing well in AAA, uh, putting up a 302, 365, 432 triple slash. Um, Guzman had slumped a little bit when he got initially promoted to AAA, but it looks like he's ready, and Napoli does not look like he's ready. <laughs> and I think you also got to worry about just
2: guys on his own team. When we saw... You know, Beltre come back, they slid Gallo over to first. I mean, it, right. it's just creating less and less space for Mike Napoli in that lineup. So I think, yeah, if you own Mike, if you still own Mike Napoli mm-hmm. despite all this, you might be – I think it's kind of time to cut bait with him. Uh, I mean, he could be one of these power hitters that goes on a hot stretch, but you're going to – even if he hits a couple of home runs, you're not going to throw him in his lineup right away, with in your lineup right away, right. granted how bad he's played.
0: I don't know what they do with him. Uh, maybe they keep him on there for a while. <laughs> yeah,
1: And there should be a sense of urgency yeah. with the Rangers, too, because right. they're so far behind the Houston Astros, mm-hmm. and they're kind of slipping behind in the AL wildcard race as well. Uh, but I do like this kid, Guzman, that you brought up, mm-hmm. uh, Joey. He's hitting 305 five homers, 30 RBIs. It is in the PCL, but, right. you know, 300 batting average, uh, you know, nothing to, nothing to turn away from. And, you know, Mike brought up some guys on, on the Rangers roster as well. They just... They called the uh, they recalled Jerickson Profar yesterday mm-hmm, as well, mm-hmm. so he's another guy who could get at bats. Maybe they put him in at third. They uh, they DH Beltre because he's kind of been banged up again too. Uh, I'm actually surprised that he hasn't landed on, landed on the DL. I thought that was almost like a slam dunk for Beltre right. to go back in the DL, but he's in the lineup today. So,
0: and it's only seven games, I think. But I saw he was doing pretty well. Yeah. All um, right, uh, uh, Pablo Sandoval. Oof. Yikes. One of uh, Mikey Florio's favorites. He, he One sucks. of the worst
1: contracts.
0: Yeah, I remember before right. the season, Michael Florio was talking to Pablo no. Sandoval. He was like, I think he's going to hit 30 home runs this did a mock with him. He took him in the first round. I mean, yeah. this guy's
1: absolutely insane. <laughs> Mike, you're right, buddy. No, instead, I said Pablo
2: Sandoval was never, even at his best, right. was never a real Are good you player. correct? Yes. He he was a guy. He was an average Maybe a little bit above average baseball player, mm-hmm. but he came through in the World Series and got hyped up all the time because all the
1: accolades of you know having big World Series and right. when all the eyes are on you. Right. Well, um, we should bring up Rafael Devers, I mean, yeah. who is the top hitting prospect in the organization for the Red Sox and he plays third base. Mm-hmm. He's only at double A right now, but he's absolutely killing it this mm-hmm. year. Three oh eight batting average, ten home runs, mm-hmm. thirty eight RBIs. And the Red Sox are not a team that is uh, they're not going to shy away from promoting guys from double A. We saw it just last year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with Ben Intendi, with Yoan right. Moncada. So, you know, if Sandoval continues to struggle and Devers plays this good, I think there's a chance we could see him, you know, despite him only being 20 years old, or they can go out and make a trade. You know, we've heard them rumored uh towards Todd Frazier in the mm-hmm. preseason. I think he would be a great can fit in Fenway. A
0: right-handed bat with that Green Monster, especially Todd Frazier. I mean, this
1: guy is pretty much
0: could be just what his career needs at this point. He strikes
1: out, he walks, or he hits fly balls Mm -hmm. and fly balls to a right-hand batter in Fenway. I mean, that's going to equal production for Todd Frazier, and I think it would just be good for him to to get a change of scenery because you know he just hasn't been great overall this season. But you know, I think that would be a good move for the Red Sox to go out and do either that or they're going to promote Rafael Devers.
0: Mm -hmm. Any chance that you think that the uh, Chicago Cubs? Might uh, move Schwarber down. I don't think so. No, I think he's here to stay. I
2: worry. I mean, first of all, we've already seen. I would say one of the worst things for his value. He's been hitting ninth con- pretty consistently. Right. And because Joe Madden is a genius. No, Joe Madden just tries to be the smartest guy in the room at all times mm-hmm. and makes weird decisions like this. I, he's he really annoyed me this year. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but You're not the
1: only one. Tell us how you really feel, Mike.
2: So, Let it all out. So he's been hitting 9. I worry that he could lose playing time. Maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't play every single day. Maybe it's one of those cases where until he gets going, he's only playing four or five times a week cuz Madden again likes to shuffle that lineup. He mm-hmm. has a, an abundance of riches, but send straight send Schwarber down. I mean, I I could be wrong. Maybe they they want to send him down to get a 2-3 weeks just to clear his head, get going down there, but yeah. I I
0: if they haven't done it already, sometimes I think good play is almost as uh important as being like in like if you're in a slump it kind of but maybe
1: it's what he needs right like yeah, last year just, and this year the cardinals just did it with grichuk so i mean obviously not the same exact player but look they both strike out a lot they both hit for a lot of power uh kyle Schwarber has a much better eye he's gonna he's gonna draw a ton of walks but maybe he's what he needs a, a couple a week or two you know at triple a where he's absolutely mashing the ball come back up with some confidence. Maybe it's what he needs. I'm not going to completely rule it out, uh, but the Cubs' bats and their lineup overall this season has not played up to par, so maybe that's something that they need to you know, look into and address, and I would not be surprised one bit if he if he gets sent down.
0: And uh, obviously it has something to do with his batting average, but his on-base percentage is under three hundred two, and that's been uh, you know, a hallmark I, of his career. Can
2: I just say this? There's only spots he's really batted this year are first, second,
1: or ninth. <laughs> That's where you want
2: your big power hitter to bat, right? <sighs> it, it annoys
1: me. And they, they finally, were having him first and second, and uh, they have Ben Zobers hitting cleanup. They
2: they finally have started hitting Ben Zobers lead off, though, which is it's just it's the natural move to me. It makes right. the most sense. Put him lead off. Put Schwarber in the four hole. I get it. Schwarber hasn't been hitting as well, but you know what? Maybe instead of sending him down and get going. You put him in the middle of the order. You sandwich him in between Rizzo and Bryant, and you see maybe he'll start getting some pitches to hit here. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, th- maybe that's what they were trying to do, and they put him in the two-hole hitting above Bryant, but they only gave him seven games there. Primarily, he was hitting leadoff,
1: and then or ninth. It's just been it's been annoying. Do you see a buying opportunity for Schwarber right now in do either format? Because he does I've strike out, in Roto. but in points, I mean, he does walk a lot, which is going to help you. And he's you know he's in a good lineup. But he is I, I, limited hitting ninth.
2: I wrote about him coming into the season. I said he's a guy who I'd much rather in Roto, and I continue to stand by that. The strikeout rate is still pretty high. I mean, I get he has nine doubles already, but I don't I don't know. I, I think just because of the home runs mm-hmm. that he can give you, I, I did I, I will say I wrote him off as a bust coming into the season. I thought one, he's not catcher eligibility anymore, but people were still hoping That he would catch five games to get that eligibility. I said, don't bank on it. They put him, coming into the year, they said he was the emergency catcher. And then I thought, you know. He hasn't caught a single
1: game this year, by the way.
2: Yeah, and and that's not going to change. And I I thought they have so many options that he can see time sitting. And then once we heard he was leading off, I was like, yeah, I want nothing to do with this guy. Because a lot of his home runs are probably going to be solo shots. So, I, I don't know. Do I think there's a buying opportunity Probably, yes, just because his value, I feel like, is at an all-time low right. and he can't get any worse. But I'm not going to give up anything of subs- like anything that is great on my team to get him. As soon as you get
0: him, he's batting 1,000 for you, right? So there, there, there you there's go. A, there's a chance. Looking at the glass half full. Uh, Frank. Yo. Ozzie Albies is a guy that you mentioned. You were one of the first uh, analysts that I had heard had mentioned him. Uh, Dansby Swanson really slumping.
1: Coming around a little bit lately, though. Yeah. Ha- he's had a couple of big games he heard, over the past year. he heard I was going to put him on this list. He hit a ground ball up the
2: middle yesterday mm-hmm. and t- stretched into a double because Granderson was very lackadaisical and then <laughs> scored the winning run on a
0: weak ground ball. Well, he's playing against the Mets. That's so what I like does. to yeah, hear, good. Mikey. Okay. Uh, but uh, do you think Albie's, uh is ready? Well, you look at what
1: he's done so far this season in the minors, and I, I believe he missed some time. He was on a disabled list uh, down there, but he's hit two sixty two, three eleven OBP. Uh, not going to hit for much power. He does have 18 RBIs. He has 12 doubles, but 15 stolen bases, and that's really the plus plus tool for Ozzy Albie's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that there's. I don't think that they're going to send down Swanson even if he struggles, just because the Braves are not playing for much, and you know he he played well down the stretch last year for them, so. I think that Dansby Swanson is going to be up regardless of how he's playing. Mm-hmm. I see. I just. I think something needs to happen to Brand Phillips where he either has to get hurt. I know that they said that he isn't blocking. I. I, I don't know if it was their GM or owner or something said. He isn't blocking Ozzie Albies. When Albies is ready, they're right. going to call him up. But I just can't see them benching Brandon Phillips straight up. Maybe see, they Brandon look to Phillips, move him uh, um, at the deadline or something. But, you know, maybe an August or September call-up for Ozzie Albies. The speed is legit, though.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I agree with Frank. I was going to say I don't see them sending Sw- uh, Swanson down. I think his path to he's the majors to is Phillips getting mm-hmm. traded.
1: Swanson isn't one of those. He's a player who's much better in real life than in fantasy. hmm because he doesn't have, like, a plus tool. Like, maybe he can hit for good batting average, score some runs, but doesn't have elite speed. Doesn't
2: have elite he, he power a, either. He does a little of everything, and he, he is a good fielder. Mm-hmm. So, that's where, I like, the he real was life... is the number
0: one pick overall. Yes. yes. Yeah. All right. Well, when we come back... Foosball. That's right. A little football for the rest of the show. Uh, mock Draft. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend. Fantasy Update. Back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Frank Stanford, Pete Considori Producing our show And uh, we want to switch gears This is very like
1: 80s-esque I like it, Joe You're I grew good. up in the wrong time man. Yeah, you
0: did You, you uh, Sucks Well,
1: I always wish I was this age Like in the late 80s mm-hmm. Well, you wouldn't be on the radio talking about fantasy You're right But I would have seen the spawn of great things Metallica. I always said this. Michael Jordan in the
0: NBA.
2: But you get LeBron James. Fresh like, Prince Gre-
0: of Bel-Air. Gretzky in the NHL. So, 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 you're, Joe so your top three things that you want to see is, <laughs> is, yes. is Michael
2: Jordan, yes. Metallica, and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes, the
1: spawn mm. of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I love that show, Mike. Do you not? Come on, dude. No,
2: I enjoy it, but I wouldn't say, man, I wish I was born <laughs> earlier so I could have <laughs> yeah, saw it live.
1: Yeah. Yes. Well, I do. It was a weekly sitcom. Joe, are you a fan
0: of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Uh, not really. No. Oh, come on. <laughs> You're killing me, kid. You're my, my killing me. My kids used to watch the reruns. That's the one yeah. with Will Smith, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. You
2: got the reruns, Frank. It's just good. Yeah. No. Just watching the Night No,
0: no,
1: Wright. no. The last episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air is one of the most emotional things you really? ever watched. No, on it's not. There's
2: a sadder one. Oh, the one with his dad? Yes. That one is
1: real bad. The last one, I mean, it's
2: The last it's episode, sad, come but on. The dad one is
0: even worse. So you worse, guys yeah. both watch these in reruns, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah I grew
1: up on, like, Nick at Night. Uh huh. Well, did you ever wish the that- blank show? I won't, you know, his name cannot be mentioned.
0: Huh. But oh god! All right, fantasy <laughs> football draft. <laughs> so what do we have? Like eighty-eight, eighty-seven days till the start of the NFL season, huh?
1: I know we mentioned a few weeks ago, or well, Corey did actually that they were one hundred days out from right. fantasy football. Uh, so that might have been like. Have you I don't been know, two weeks ago? Or have you been that. doing a
0: lot of mock drafts, or I know you, you did one for the Roto Experts. That's the only one I've yeah. done so
1: far. I mean, I've looked at other drafts. Right. I know Maddie moe has been in a few NFSC drafts. I've looked right. at his draft boards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey was doing a slow draft for NFSC. I was looking at that one a little bit, but I myself have only participated in the standard mock for the Roto Experts. Okay. Exclusive Edge Football package.
0: It's coming out when the fourteenth? Right? Yep, Wednesday. Gonna yep. yeah, yeah. we have a
1: party. I've done a best Ooh, ball. release party. <laughs>
2: i done a best ball draft. Mm-hmm. One.
1: i got uh, to get, get another I'm gonna one. I'm going to get in an NFFC uh, $25 like, draft express, which mm-hmm. is what they call it, which is best ball format. I've got to get in one of those soon. Yeah, I think I will as well. Uh, but uh, should we get started? Yay. All right. So, should, it, should it be PPR standard? I say
2: PPR. Yeah. That's more what people – I feel like what more people play. I agree. But it also oh, looks like – Jake Sealy is away, uh,
0: cringing right now. They're moving away from the full point, right? Maybe a lot – well, I love half, half point, point. Yeah. I Co- love half point According I think- to ESPN though
2: They're now It's funny Because they're now Standard leagues Like if you create a league Right The setting uh, Apparently According to what I've read Is now going to be PPR So it's funny That we call Standard I know they're doing standard that, But
1: mm-hmm. they're doing that On NFL.com for sure so it's ESPN as well. I, I that's
2: what I've heard. I, I haven't created a league yet, but I've heard it's not. So it's funny that standard is still going to be called standard, but the standard actual standard way of playing is now PPR. Do you have a, a home league that you guys play in
0: every week, like uh, half I point year? PPR? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: I, I honestly want it to become like I'm always down to add new elements mm-hmm. to to our football league. I really want to do half point with a super flex because I really think with as many quarterbacks as there are, we talk about it every year. You could wait on quarterback. Honestly, you should be starting two quarterbacks, whether mm-hmm. it's straight up just having two quarterbacks or have the option to start a second quarterback in your Superflex. Right? I like Superflex just because,
2: if you think about it, 12 teams. And Superflex means, just for our audience, that you, 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 that you can flex a QB. A in. Like I would like to have, like the Scott Fishbowl League, I think they kind of do it right. You have multiple flex spots. Only one could be a Superflex. That's mm-hmm. cool. Because the reason I like that and not straight up two QBs, because if you think about it, in a 12-team league, two quarterbacks – that means starting you're starting 24, so there's only eight other quarterbacks. So there's at least going to be four teams without a, a third quarterback. Mm-hmm. So one of those, their two quarterbacks are on bye, they're throwing out a guy that's on bye week. And not. that's why I think Superflex, at least if you don't have a, a third quarterback, you know, you could throw a wide receiver or a running back in that week.
1: Right. I was in a dynasty league with two quarterbacks. It was only 10 teams, so I mean, there's a little bit more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was fun, man. I, I really enjoyed two quarterbacks, and admittedly, I haven't played an IDP yet, but I really, really want to get into it.
0: Yeah, I haven't either. But uh, same. So, why don't we get started then? So, uh, who would be? I mean, the first three picks, pretty much. Uh, are are we gonna t- each get one pick, or how are we doing this? Yeah, yeah that's what we, I was thinking. All right, so you wait. So-
1: should we should we run down like, do a twelve? 12- Team mock draft, but we'll all make like a pick every three picks, yeah, something yeah. like so that. So, like, like yes. we'll go on, okay. like, okay,
0: so I'll so keep it in order
1: Frank on an Excel. Doc. Okay. Or
0: unless, yeah, why then, don't you start? We'll go. Up, I was gonna college. say, Frank, you, me, or, that's fine.
2: or so you want to do that way because yeah. it was Frank's idea. I was figuring let, let's him get
0: the first pick. I like it. Go ahead. So, who's your first pick, Frank?
1: Uh, I don't think you can go <laughs> wrong with either guy, but with the, the threat of another. Weed suspension, I will go with David Johnson. I don't think that there is a wrong pick for either one of these guys, but just they do so much overall on the ground mm-hmm. and in the passing game. I think David Johnson and Lev Bell are both fine picks, and you can make an argument for either one, but I myself will lean David Johnson.
0: And the next two running backs, like you said, there's always a chance that Bell's going to get caught with some weed, right? But now uh, Ezekiel Elliott, obviously awesome. Um, some kind of like off season. It looks like that they're looking into him, but. Look, I agree with you. No wrong pick here. Um, I'm going to go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no,
1: oh, who are you going to go with? I'm sorry.
0: Um, with
1: the second overall pick <laughs> in the Weekend Fantasy Update mock draft.
0: Uh, I think uh, Le'Veon Bell's. Uh, Joe Galina will going. go Lev Bell in I the PPR. I, I think
2: Zeke in a PPR is the clear number three pick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with either of the two. No. Early on in the season, I was like, it, it's easily David Johnson one, mm-hmm. But I've come real close to like. Would I take Lev Bell? I would still go David Johnson, not even because of the suspension thing, just also because, let's not forget, before last year, the last two previous seasons for Levion Bell ended with injury.
1: Right, torn ACL.
2: Yeah, but what he did last year in 12 games, if he does that over the course of 16 games, he will be the number one running back. I also worry if David Johnson can get 20 touchdowns again. I think maybe that comes down a little bit. So... I think they are right there, neck and neck. It's really a flip of a coin. Right. I would go David Johnson because of the safety. So I agree with these first two picks. And then, I, like I said, I think the clear-cut number three pick has to be Ezekiel Elliott, best O-line in football, going to get a, you know almost all the carries there, going to get... Uh, all the touchdowns, all the goal line work, mm-hmm. he's picked three. Don't do don't mess with the first three. It's, it's the three running yeah. backs.
1: And I think that there's a chance he could be more involved in the passing game this year. I think he had something like 30, somewhere in the 30s last year in, in terms of receptions, and I wouldn't be surprised if he breaks 40 uh, this season. I think he'll get more involved in the passing game. With that being said, again, I think this is an easy one, no-brainer. I mean, if you want to get cute and go with one of the Odell Beckham or Julio Jones or Mike Evans, I think you could, but... With the fourth overall pick, I'm going to go with Antonio Brown. I just think his safety, his floor, which is crazy to talk about a floor for a player, is honestly 100 receptions, 1,200 yards, and 10 touchdowns, which is just absolutely insane. I know that there's been a drop-off each uh, of the past three years in targets and receptions for Antonio Brown and yards, but the floor is still 100 receptions, 1,200 yards, and 10 touchdowns, which is insane. So I I think he's easily the fourth overall pick.
2: I did. I so I wrote about a strategy, snake draft strategies, and everything. And I did write that he is the fourth pick because of his floor. Mm-hmm. But I think now more than ever, you could make a case against him. And, and the floor is what what gives him that spot. But like Frank said, three year low in, in last year in receptions, targets, right. and receiving yards. The so touchdowns are still a great sign. I think the Levy on a though is real because, I mean, his first three weeks. 126 yards, two touchdowns, then 39 yards, then 140 yards. And then after that, I mean, he only had two games with over 100 yards the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. So I do think that Le'Veon Bell factor is real. I get it. It's hard for to for me to knock him when I'm saying he's the fourth pick. But every, I, I don't know. I feel like everyone else just, oh, Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown. I, I'm not nearly as high on him, even though I say he's the fourth pick because of that
1: floor. Mm-hmm. I did want to bring this up to you guys, and I'm not sure that you know this about the NFFC, but they do the third round reverse, and I know that Corey Parson brought this up. They were doing the news desk recently, uh, maybe a couple weeks ago or a month ago, and they had Greg Ambrosius on. They were asking him if they still need that third round reset. So, Joe, what this means in the NFFC is it'll go first round, and then second round it'll go back. But then at the... At the start of the third round, it'll go back to pick twelve and work backwards. And apparently, they did this back in the day because Ladainian Tomlinson was such an advantage for uh, pick one that they had to do this, where you know the the first overall pick would have the last pick in the third round instead of the first pick in the third round. And I think that that has to remain because Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, what they did last year in the Mm -hmm. PPR, they both averaged over twenty five fantasy points per game, Uh, and you know that was much better than anyone that was close to them Zeke it was better than Antonio Brown I mean they were both averaging four or five more points per game than those other guys so hmm. I do think that the third round reset should remain for NFFC while these guys are you know just going bonkers in PPR good point good point so
0: it's up to me now yes you're you're pick five pick five um I'm gonna go might be a little uh different than what you might uh, want to go with but I'm going with Mike Evans uh Julio Jones, obviously one of the top uh, wide receivers. There's always that foot injury. Joe, that, I love you for doing <laughs> this. <laughs> There's always that foot injury that that, that I'm worried about. Uh, I've said it before that I think Odell Beckham Jr. his own is going to be his own worst enemy. And uh, I mean, you look at this guy. I mean, you know, fighting with a, with a, 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 a net last year, uh, not showing up. Now if, he's, oh, working you know, he's working out with Johnny Manziel. he's <laughs> working out with Johnny Manziel. Not showing up to OTAs, which were voluntary, but I suppose now it's a, a contract issue, right? But still. And I he mean,
1: released that tweet yeah. like a couple months ago where he was pouring his heart out to the Giants fans, right, too. Right. It
0: strikes me as bullcrap. Yeah. Um, look, the guy is obviously one of the more talented wide receivers in football, and I'm a Giant fan, but I've got to go Mike Evans. We could continue this uh, when we come back with more on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Fantasy Football Mock draft. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Frank Stample. We're doing a fantasy football mock draft. And before we left for commercial, I had the fifth overall pick. And uh, what were the first four again?
1: David Johnson, Lev Bell, Zeke, Antonio Brown. Pretty much, I think, it's going to be locked in in PPR and standard. Standard, if you want to opt to go with Zeke over Bell or Johnson, I can't knock it. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns.
0: uh, But I think those four are going to
1: be entrenched in that top four.
0: I went with uh, Mike Evans with fifth pick overall. Uh, Two out of the last three seasons, 12 touchdowns, uh, yards uh, overall yardage has increased past three seasons he and Desha- uh james winston have kind of grown together right and uh the issue i had had with mike evans was his catch rate uh it dropped last season went back up uh, this season 55 and a half it still needs to get up in that 60 point range if in my opinion if he wants to be elite i think uh deshaun jackson being there is going to help him out uh take some of the defenders away their attention away from him Uh, and uh, the reason why I didn't go with Julio Jones uh, I'm just worried about that foot being just a a chronic issue but uh, pick number six is Mr. Mike Florio
2: I'm going with Odell Beckham Jr. because everything that that I know you have said about Mike Evans oh they have more weapons there is going to open stuff up for maybe he gets higher quality targets it's everything that's going on with Odell Beckham Uh I feel like I, I feel like you can't compliment one for having more weapons around him and negate the other one, I also
0: feel like— Only because of what's going on between his two ears. I, I, I get <laughs> it. I problem. mean, I, I'm I not going to— Like I said, I'm a giant fan, but, you know, I, like I said, I see this guy uh, punching out a, a, a kicker's net. I see him, like uh, Frank mentioned, working out with Johnny Menzel in the o- offseason. I mean, uh, I'm i I'm concerned. I get it. I mean, he did all that last year, but he still
2: finished with 101 catches, almost 1,400 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Don't get me and wrong.
0: I think he's going to have a nice season. I, but
2: I mean, I have Mike Evans six myself. Uh-huh. I can't really knock it. Uh-huh. I have who, uh, Beckham five. And my only reasoning is last year was Mike Evans' career year. And it equates to. Oh, it's only his third year in the NFL. Well, I don't well, think he's going well, to. Career a step year so back. far. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. saying his best season so far. And it equates to Odell Beckham's rookie year where he played 12 games and he had his lowest. Uh, total stats, where he had 91 receptions, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. I mean, oh, every year they've been in the league together, Odell Be- De- Beckham has been better. I believe he is the more supreme talent. I, I get. I like Jameis more than Eli. I'm a mm-hmm. big Jameis fan. I like the weapons there. I like that they don't have a run game, but the Giants really don't have a run game either. So With all that being said, I, I don't knock the Evans pick. I love Mike Evans. He's actually one of my keepers in the league, but
1: mm-hmm. I'm going to go Odell Beckham at pick six. At pick seven yesterday, I was saying I would not take – or Thursday, rather, I was saying I would not take Julio Jones at pick seven, and I am sticking with it. I'm going to go with uh, Jordy Nelson. I think you can make a case for him, A.J. Green, or Michael Thomas all to go over Julio Jones. They're right there in that same tier. I just worry, like you, Joe, that this recurring foot injury for Julio Jones – I mean, he has screws in his foot, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. constantly – You know. Missing, he's not missing time, but you know he's taking he's taking time off in game uh, because you know he's not going to be on the field uh, every single snap. I just worry that one of these seasons is going to be the year that he plays eight or ten games and he misses time. And you can make that argument for anybody. Anybody can miss time in the NFL. It, it, it's a grueling game, but I just worry that this could be the season that he plays eight or ten games. I will 100% agree if he plays 16 games, he's. Probably first or second
0: mm-hmm, among mm-hmm,
1: wide receivers mm-hmm. and fantasy points, easily. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to argue his talent, but I am worried about the recurring foot injuries. And you look what Jordy Nelson did last year, another year removed from the uh, the ACL surgery last year. He was second in, in wide receivers and fantasy points per game uh, in the PPR. So, 14 touchdowns last year, over 1,200 yards. I'm going with Jordy Nelson. I don't have And an I know issue. Mike doesn't like it. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I mean, I... I out of all the options you had there, Jordy makes sense. Jordy's the safest, I would say. I, I don't I wouldn't go AJ I, I feel like if you take AJ Green over Julio, AJ Green has missed time. If you take Michael Thomas, I, I love Michael Thomas and his ability, but I feel like there you just you're being overly cautious. Jordy is the one guy I understand. And what I I was looking closely into Jordy's numbers and what I find pretty interesting, he had last season one more Target than he did two seasons. Uh, well, in twenty fourteen, and one less reception, but yet two hundred and fifty less yards. I know he's not the same dynamic, burn you down the sideline player, but I think there is a little room to grow if he can match his targets mm-hmm. and receptions. Maybe he adds an extra fifty to one hundred receiving yards. But then again, to to counter that, he is getting up there in age. He's had you know some a severe injury before. Maybe that total start... And they do have other options. I, I know we don't like Randall Cobb. They have Randall Cobb, though. They have Devonta Adams. Maybe his yardage takes a hit. I'm okay taking Jordy there if you want to play it safe. But I personally would have won Julio Jones.
1: If you're playing for an overall, if you're like in an NFFC where you're playing against other people and you're trying to go for an overall, I agree that Julio Jones should go in that top seven because he has higher upside than Jordy Nelson. Mm-hmm. But in terms of safety and production and over touchdown production, Mm
0: -hmm. I'm going Jordy Nelson, epic pick seven. Okay. Joe, you're up. And I'm going to continue passing on Julio Jones. Wow. (laughs) I've talked you into it. Yeah. No, this is just something that uh, I'm coming into the season with. I I want no part of Julio Jones. And uh, I know it's almost crazy because I know the guy could catch 90 to to 100 balls. But... uh,
1: I mean, he could catch 120. We've yeah. seen it, you know, yeah, two yeah, years ago yeah. where he caught like 130 receptions, Six. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. 136. 136. So we know what the upside is, yes. but also the downside and the risk of that injury is right. just, it's a and, lot and, to and handle you, with your first round I can't,
0: pick. Yeah, I can't handle any risk with my first round pick. I, I'm going with uh, Lashawn McCoy, uh, and with the new offense. I'm sorry, you you can't have any risk with
2: Julio Jones. Lashawn McCoy regularly misses time. No, that is true. I'll but, tell you this as a Bills fan, and not uh, only games
0: does he miss, he leaves early. Hmm. So should I change my pick? I'm sticking no, no, no. with my pick. I'm just get saying. Off my back, man. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, what I like about him with this new offense, uh, he's going to get, especially this is a PPR league, he's going to get a chance to uh, catch another 50 balls. And he so lost he, Mike Gillisley, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. So,
1: he could see more of the goal line work than he did in years past. Mm-hmm. But I do agree. I mean, there is some
0: risk there. Is there is some risk, but, but there's nothing, he's not coming into the league, uh, into this season with a condition. I I know like and, and you know I mean there aren't that many uh, with the running back by committee now I mean there aren't that many uh, bell cow no, backs I, anymore. I, I so like, I like McCoy a lot. You, you do I have, have no to
1: t- I have no problem with this. man. Yeah, yeah. Thank you.
2: I I like McCoy a lot. I'm just saying. I mean I know he played 15 games last year, mm-hmm. but there was the game. Uh, there was at least two games where he left early on, and I know his season ended. It was it was the last game of the year, but his season ended with him walking off the field due to an injury.
0: Mm-hmm. So, but does I, he have a, a real reputation of being a fragile kind of guy? I mean, just I, the I year before last, it. he played twelve games. No.
1: On a per game basis, though, I mean the fantasy production is going to be there. Mm-hmm. It, it it's tough to say that you know he whether or not he can stay healthy, but. I mean, you're right. He's going to handle as much work as they can throw at him mm-hmm. there, and I just love that Gillespie isn't there anymore, and mm-hmm. he's going to get the goal line work
0: or goal what it seems like. Gonna I, I, don't passes and, I don't think that's I don't think that's
2: a certainty that he sees the goal line work. I remember when they started uh, to the new coaching staff started to come in, they were saying they they may not use Lashawn McCoy as the goal line back because they want to preserve him. That's where you take the most hits, mm-hmm. and. They, they were, you know, last year they went to Gillisley. Now they have they have Jonathan Williams, right. who is a. I know he. I believe he is suspended to start the season, but he is a big back who is there f- to fill that Mike Gillisley role. They have right. Mike Tolbert. I. I don't. I mean, I like Lashawn McCoy. I think I would rate him. Do you think he's a first round pick? Now? Yes. Yes. Okay. I have him as the I mean, fourth. Because if
0: you're not gonna, if you're gonna be worried about injury risk and, and running backs, then you're pretty much not gonna pick. No, no, no. A running back, because, I mean, there's a, a big chance that any one of these running backs could go down. I mean, almost yeah, just no, get pummeled every play. <laughs> so I had the top
2: three picks being running backs, mm-hmm. and then I have the back end of the first being running backs. I think there's like five or six receivers that I would take personally mm-hmm. before I start dipping in back into the, the running back pool. And I have said, though, this year I want, like, pick nine or later because mm-hmm. I can get one of the top seven at each position then. I feel like there's about eight wide receivers that are very trustworthy and seven running backs.
0: Right.
1: Well, Mike, you're at pick nine right now.
0: <laughs> Julio Jones is I'm on the board. i Julio Jones. Right. I mean, I and feel like... it is a bargain if things work out for yeah. you. Like, which are...
1: So last year, he missed two games.
2: Still finished with 83 receptions, 1,400 yards, and six touchdowns. The year before that, he played all 16 games, 136 receptions, almost 1,900 receiving yards, eight touchdowns. The year before that, he played 15 games. So I mean, besides in 2013 when he only played in five games, I mean he's play- and his rookie year, his rookie year he played 13. But since his second season, he's played in 14 or more games every year. So I get it, his foot is an issue every week. You know he's questionable or whatever. Mm-hmm. But so far in his career, he has played through it. If you- I feel like it may just be being a little bit too cautious, I-, I I will admit I think out of the three of us, I'm the more riskier drafter of the three. But Julio Jones, when he is out there, he's giving me a top four player in the league, I believe. Top five player production. And, I mean, to get him, if I could get him at pick nine, I I gladly would. Especially since when uh, the new offensive coordinator came in and he said, Listen, man, we got this big athletic freak of a wide receiver on the outside. We got to start getting him more involved in the red zone. So, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I think this could be a year where he gets ten touchdowns. And if he does that... I mean I I would not be shocked at all if he is number 1 at his position come year's end where I feel like at the running backs at this stage we can't say that about them because I don't see any of them surpassing the top 3 if they all stay healthy so that that's the only
0: reason I, I go Julio over those running backs. Yeah, I don't think McCoy's going to surpass Johnson, Elliott or no, 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 Bell, but when I look beyond you know uh McCoy, I mean you have Gordon behind him, Freeman, uh Murray, Jordan Howard, I mean they're good. But do they excite you? I don't know. That's
1: fine. Hmm. Should I make my pick now or should I wait until we come back?
0: We'll back. Right. Yeah, why don't we wait?
1: There why you go. He <laughs> <Pete> answered <laughs> it
0: for me. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back with the, what is this, the eighth pick overall? Tenth. Tenth pick. We're up to ten already on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Fantasy Football Mock Draft. Back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update, Joe Golina from yeah. Stanford playing massive air guitar. We got Mike Florio with us. Pete Cosadori producing the show. Right after us, it's the father and son NASCAR hour. So stay tuned for that. And uh, we are uh, ready. I'm not going to lie, I'm
1: kind of dizzy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Frank's <laughs> tenth pick overall in the first round of our fantasy football mock draft.
1: Yes, yeah, so Julio Jones just went off the board, and I am going to go with Michael Thomas. I was making an argument for him the other day on BFFs that I think that there's a chance he could finish as a top five uh, wide receiver this season. Look, he finished as a, as a top 10 wide receiver last year as a rookie in both standard and PPR, and I know this might be a little bit of a stretch, but I think he is the best wide receiver that Drew Brees has ever played with in his career. I think he's better than Marcus Colston. I think he's better than Brandon Cooks overall. And I think you can even flirt with saying he's better than Jimmy Graham. He started just 12 games last year. He wasn't even a starter early on in the season and still finished with 92 receptions, over 1,100 yards, and nine touchdowns. I think he can honestly build on that. Flirt with 100 receptions. Although you did bring up a great point the other day, Mike, that no Drew Brees receiver has ever had 100 receptions as long as he. He's been the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, but I think this is the year that that can break. We could be looking at 100 receptions, you know, over twelve, thirteen hundred yards, and double-digit touchdowns, which I think would make him close to a top five wide receiver this year in both formats.
0: All right, uh, let's just keep it moving because we want to try to get at least one full round going. So, uh, my pick at number eleven is uh, Bengals receiver AJ Green. Um, uh, he's had his injury uh, issues. Uh, past two of three years. But when healthy, he is one of the top receivers in football. Uh, was on pace for 160 targets. Um, he's got John Ross on the other side. who's going to help him out. Um, don't forget Tyler Boyd as well. So I mean, And they have Tyler Eifert over the middle too. Yeah, so there's a so, lot of
1: weapons to take pressure yeah. off A.J. Green there. Yeah, Here's and, what I worry about with Green though, why I took Michael Thomas over him, mm-hmm. is that we haven't really seen a monster season out of him since 2013, that right. year he had 98 receptions, 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns. 2015 was a fine year, 86 receptions, nearly 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. That's a great year, yeah. <laughs> but we really have not seen a monster year out of A.J. Green since mm-hmm. 2013. So that's something that I am a little tad worried about, and I think I'll, I'll, I'll go with, I think Michael Thomas has a little bit more upside, mm-hmm. but I love A.J. Green regardless. Right. Okay. I, I
2: have AJ Green as if I have Julio seven, I'd put AJ Green eight. He's mm. never had a supporting cast like this before. Right. Coming into the year, a healthy, you know, Tyler Eifert. Right. You have Ross on the outside. Mm-hmm. I, you mean, take Green over Michael Thomas.
0: Yes, I, I think as, it's as fair of now. I, I just it's close though.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think Dalton is underrated. I, I mean, I I really like the Bengals offense this mm-hmm. year, and I'm gonna want to get shares of it. And I think AJ I think Green some, is some
0: nice run. Uh, Supporting them as well. Think, think of the numbers
2: that, that Green has put up and then think of who has been opposite of him the past couple of years. <laughs> I mean defense has only had to worry about him. They can't do that anymore. They right. don't have that luxury, at least in my opinion. So and, I, I and do that run game
0: to support him as well.
2: Too, yeah. I, I, so I, I love the pick, Joe. <laughs> and then <Thank> to <laughs> end the first round, I'm going back and forth between two running backs, but ultimately I'm gonna go with my guy. I'm gonna go with Devonta Freeman, <laughs> mm-hmm. who finished last year with over a thousand rushing yards, almost five hundred receiving and 13 total touchdowns the reason i went with him over melvin gordon who is the one i was debating with i know melvin gordon you know the role is his to lose mm-hmm. they have a ton of weapons in the passing game in san diego right and last year they had a very poor defense so they were playing from behind a lot he had a lot of his damage through the passing game but now they have so many weapons out there keenan allen you know they drafted mike williams they still have uh, tyrell williams Doncho Linman, Antonio Gates, Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. I just think there's going to be so many options there. I worry that he takes a little bit of a hit in the passing game, so I will ultimately go with Devonta Freeman, who is the
1: unquestioned goal back as well in Atlanta. Mike, real quick, at Pick 12, do you dare flirt with Devonta Freeman and Melvin Gordon in the PPR, starting with both of them? I think I would be tempted to take T.Y.
0: Hilton on the swing back, but I, I you can't go wrong. Alright. Uh, we'll be back next week with more Weekend fantasy Update. Maybe we'll pick up this Uh, Draft Monday Night Fantasy First Look. Check us out. Have a great weekend.